Sweet, sweet music to get us started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. We're here for our sixth episode, if you include our playoff predictions episode. Uh, we are here with our lovely crew who's back ready and once again, and just to throw it out there, I know a few people watching have commented. I know you crew have commented on this. I have something behind me. I have something on the wall. So not everybody agrees with Truex, but at least you can agree that it's not a white wall in my background anymore. Uh, so we're going to start off with our lovely cast and crew, starting with our producer, Peyton. How are you doing tonight? This has undoubtedly been the worst week of my life. I'm not going to cry, but I want to dedicate this episode to my dog who I had to put down yesterday. He was my best friend. He was my reason for living. And without him, I wouldn't be here today. And he wouldn't know I was dedicating this to him, not in the slightest, because he didn't pay attention to technology. But I know it. And I don't know how to feel without him. And I want to thank you guys for helping me through it this far, because it's going to be a long road. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank you, Peyton, for sharing that. I know most of we all, everybody in this group, uh, and I'm sure a lot of you watching, uh, have pets, and pets are just as much a part of our family as, as anyone else. Uh, so, you know, our thoughts go with you, Peyton. I know this has been a tough time, but we, uh, we appreciate uh you being here and you guys fighting through it. Logan, I know you have some thoughts on that too, buddy. How are you how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Uh no, like like uh Peyton said, it's uh, been an undoubtedly tough time um to uh lose, you know, animals aren't like family, they are family. Um and so he was in many ways uh, Peyton's daily purpose and so it's been an earth-shattering uh, experience because he was only eight, and this all came on very suddenly last week, as you all know. And so it's been just a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, I cried and cried last night and this morning. I'm surprised my eyes aren't as big as his, to be honest with you, uh, just from swelling. But it's, it is extremely difficult, and I do. I want to thank both of you and, and everybody that's in our group, really, that eventually will see this episode. Uh, for for their love and support, it means a lot, truly. And uh, we're we uh, we're going to find a way to to continue his memory and his legacy. And we know deep down he's not he's not gone. He's just in a different realm. So we've already kind of seen some signs of that. So we're we're hanging in there as best we can. And uh, thank you uh, for Justin for allowing us the the platform to to pay a quick tribute to the most beautiful boy on God's earth, Old Gamlet. Well, I appreciate, again, I appreciate both of you guys for being here. I know it's been tough. Uh, Zach, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm doing good. Obviously, my thoughts and sympathies are with Logan and Peyton, right? Um, losing any um, any animal or person is hard, especially when an animal's been by your side. But um, like other constants, you know, NASCAR is also a constant, so 
I, I give you this advice, both of you, but especially you, Peyton. Lean on the things you love. Lean into the other things that you love. Obviously, we know you love NASCAR, so put some time into that. Um, you know, find solace in the other joys in life. Absolutely. And, and you know, as hopefully has been translated in these episodes, uh, not only are we podcast co-hosts, but we're also close friends. And, and in some ways, we are like family as well. So, you know, we, we, when one of us hurts, we all feel it. Um, so, you know, we appreciate everybody, uh, for tuning in. We appreciate Logan and Peyton, you guys for being here this evening, uh, especially since that just happened yesterday. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers, uh, are with you guys. Uh, and just a quick to kind of branch this out, our thoughts and prayers, uh, go to everybody in Florida, uh, and even South Carolina, along those southern states that were hit by Hurricane Ian. Uh, there were people whose lives were affected by that. Um, I know at Talladega this past weekend, there was actually a uh, uh, a family who was from Florida and had, you know, wasn't sure if they were going to be able to go to the race because their home was affected by Hurricane Ian. Uh, but they wanted to go to the race so bad, so they were still there. So uh, just a little story. I had to share, uh, and I, you know, somber start to our episode, but some some things weren't that, uh, and that's okay. Um, but anyways, we've got a fun uh, a fun show here. We've got a got some race playoff racing to go over here at Talladega. Uh, we've got uh, a truck race, uh, which was Saturday morning. Uh, Xfinity race, which was Saturday afternoon, and then a cup race, which was Sunday afternoon. And for the first time in quite a while, uh, the races were not affected by rain at Talladega, not even the threat of rain. It was sunny all weekend long. You guys might be able to tell, might not. My hat kind of covers it, but I did get a little sunburnt uh, from covering that race. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to be there in person, and I hope it was fun for you guys to watch it at home. Uh, so going over, uh, we're going to start our racing review. Uh, thank you, Peyton, for that. That's a, that's a fun little, I love the like old school racing footage that's in that. Um, so let's get into our race reviews. Uh, first off, we had the truck race, which as far as, honestly, as far as a lot of things are concerned, is probably the one we need to talk about the most. seems like there was a, uh, the most amount of action in the truck race, which even that wasn't a lot. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, uh, we've talked about him uh, throughout the NASCAR community quite a bit, formerly a cup driver. Uh, couldn't seem to win in any of the national series of NASCAR, whether it be cup, Xfinity, trucks. Finally was able to get a victory at Talladega and somewhat controversial <laughs> fashion uh they had to nascar had to go back through check the scoring and check their rule book rule book for forcing below the double yellow line or going below the double yellow line uh but nonetheless nascar determined that matt DiBenedetto was the winner of the truck race at talladega after a lap last lap crash uh i do want to point out and we'll get into this a little bit further later in the show jordan anderson in stage one uh his truck burst into flames and uh 
and he was actually it, he actually steered it while he was sitting on the the sill the window driver side window sill there while he drove it in the in, inside wall just to try to get out of it because it was on fire so uh he was airlifted to uh to uab so um our thoughts and prayers go with him as well uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show but uh zach what were your thoughts on the truck race you know, um, it's not a truck race at Talladega unless NASCAR tells you who won the race. And as per usual, NASCAR is consistently inconsistent. Um, there, I have a couple of issues with this, and I know that we've talked quite a bit about safety the last few weeks, and that's wonderful. Um, but here, here's a case, in my opinion, of NASCAR overcompensating for safety. They threw the caution, like, what, like, couple hundred feet from the start finish line as if the wreck was not was seemingly not going to happen like let them right if you're that close to the finish line let them race to the line um and quite frankly in my opinion matt de benedetta was not forced below the w yellow line he went below the w yellow line and brett holmes should have won that race quite frankly yeah um but you know what congrats to matt de benedetto if you have to get a win the nascar gives to you to validate your career, um, then kudos to him. Fair enough. Uh, Logan, what about you? you have anything to piggyback off on that one? Uh, I see it entirely differently. I'm just going to focus on the fact that Matty D finally got his win. Yes, under controversial fashion, I'll give you that. But if you didn't enjoy that moment, that obvious relief that he felt uh, getting out of the truck and just how thankful he was, if you didn't, if you didn't enjoy that on some level, uh, check your engine and give it some gas because, um, you know, maybe you disagree with some of the political stances that Matty D has taken in recent years, and that's your prerogative. But there's no doubt that he's a good guy and a decent individual, and and he's had a, a, a damn tough road because until he got to the Wood Brothers, everything he ever drove in, he completely outperformed. And unfortunately, he came up a little short in that 21 car, though uh, Harrison Burton's rookie season is making you question that opinion. Um, I'm just thrilled for him. I'm extremely excited to see it. I was thrilled to see it, as you guys know. I was I was quick to be in the group chat. I, you know, we can talk about the the circumstances and NASCAR, and yeah, that's there will always kind of be that haze, like a rain win, right? But Matty D finally somehow gets one, and I think that was a special moment. And it's something I'm going to celebrate. That's a fair point. I. I uh... Uh, you know, one way or the other, whether, however we feel about it, Matt DiBenedetto is officially a Truck Series winner. Um, just, Justin, you were there. Well, like, where was your point of view when this happened? I know you spent quite a bit of time um, in the infield, but were you in the stands for this one? For the Saturday races, I was. I was in the grandstands uh, for both the Truck and Xfinity. Uh, I originally, uh, when it first happened, I thought that Brett Holmes won. Uh, because he he came across the start and finish line first. Uh, I didn't. I saw the wreck unfold, but there was so much chaos, and I was trying to capture everything on my camera uh, with the wreck that I didn't actually see Matty D go below the yellow, the double yellow. Um, so I missed that a little bit, but I do know that it was like we stood there for two minutes. Uh, waiting, if not more, waiting for NASCAR to like determine who won the race. Um, and then 
I, I know when they announced Matt DiBenedetto as the winner, they were, you know, some people cheering, some people booing, and, and it was a pretty mixed bag of reactions. But after going back and and watching the replays of it, like from the TV broadcast, um, it was, I, I think it was close. I think either way they, they did it, I, I, I'm not sure. I think Brett Holmes, honestly, I, I probably should have won that race. But you know what? Nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, Matty D got him, a, got him a win. It's probably more popular than Brett Holmes, although Brett Holmes was kind of a hometown driver. Um, well, it, it, this just like goes back to way go back to everybody's favorite Talladega Rob winner. You know, um, I listen to a podcast and they call him the Rob Goddess. Um, not not this person, but when everybody that's a Rob winner is called the Rob Goddess. And let's talk about Regan Smith in 2008 when Tony Stewart robbed him. Like, where? This is what I'm talking about. Going all the way back, ever since the double yellow line rule has been instated, um, we've seen robbed winners, especially at Talladega, but also at Daytona. And I just, it, it, it just feels like now, whenever you get the double yellow line rule involved, NASCAR's picking and choosing when to apply it and who to apply it on. Yeah. Well, you're always going to have those. You you will always have those debates when it's judgment calls, though, whether they're right or wrong. Uh, the, you know, no matter what your side is, the moment you're the moment you're making a judgment call as a sport and not letting the quote unquote athletes completely decide it, we're going to have this debate. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a fair point. I think it's. Uh, you know, it's always going to be a judgment call. Obviously, I don't think it was. Uh, you know, it's again, it's, it's so difficult because in the stands, what I saw was Brett Holmes cross the start and finish line first. And I think that in, in that respect, that's who should have been the winner. Um, and this is where I agree with Dale Earnhardt Jr. is of they should just get rid of the double yellow line rule in, in the first place. You know, if you want to be, uh, and, and I understand there is a safety aspect to it, but if, I mean, if a driver is on the last lap, if they want to go all the way down to the infield grass to try to to try to fight for a win, then as long as they're not on pit road uh, exceeding that pit speed, then so be it. Uh, there was another incident. I don't know if you guys saw it on, on TV, but the crowd was uh, crazy about this. Uh, there was a member of Haley Deegan's pit crew that ran out almost to the edge of the track to pick up a, a loose tire. Uh, and that uh, particular member of her crew was actually escorted uh, off, off the premises uh, because of that. It was far too dangerous. Um, I just had to throw that in there. That was another little bit of controversy that happened in the truck series race. Did they show that on yeah, the, uh, that, on the that television? Was, that was shown and talked about heavily on the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we saw that and I was like, and I mean, it was like, it was still under green too. I think that, I mean, it, it was, it was insane that like, uh, it, as a matter of fact, it didn't actually register until like after it happened that like somebody actually went out onto the near like edge of the track to do that. But that was crazy. Uh, that was about it. Stage two of the truck race was relatively, uh, was relatively calm. Uh, everybody just kind of got single file and just ran that stage out. Um, do we so. think a lot of that had to do with the Jordan Anderson wreck in stage one? Like, I think a lot of the 
I think a lot of the way we can explain the cup race is through the safety concerns that they've had after Texas. But do you feel like the truck guys kind of mellowed it out there because of the, the whole Anderson thing? Or is it just kind of a product of like a lot of inexperienced and ex- a lot of like varying levels of experience in the truck field? And you have guys who, you know, just all together, they collectively want to run it out for different reasons. I think it, uh, I, Jordan Anderson, I think his issue may have had something to do about it, but I, I think overall Jordan Anderson's incident was just honestly, a, you know, just a freak thing. Uh, but I think the way I, I got it was even though drivers in interviews throughout the weekend, they said that they weren't really affected by the recent recent you know tension about safety in nascar but it seemed like their driving said otherwise because we all know talladega is talladega it is wild it is chaotic it is known for i mean literally the big one you know at talladega you know that's that's something that you always expect and it, it seemed like as far as like all three series are concerned we really didn't see that and Honestly, I think, you know, it seemed like to me the drivers were a little bit more conservative on the track uh, because of the recent safety concerns, even if they said they weren't, if that makes sense. Like, I got to, uh, you know, before the race started, I got to uh, to spend a little, little time uh, with uh, Grant Enfinger and Carson Hosevar, and both of them said that you know they were going to go all out they were going to push for points uh and honestly you know carson hosevar said it, he was going to do whatever it takes to get a win and you know it just didn't seem like when they got on track it didn't seem like that intensity was there so yeah kind of i i just like that like that whole attitude like summarized the entire weekend you know i don't know I feel like we're, we're touching on a lot of different bases at one time, but, you know, just kind of thinking about that, like, it was a very odd weekend at Talladega and not in the way that we're used to, I feel like. Yeah, it certainly felt like that. It definitely did not feel like a, a Talladega-esque type weekend, um, certainly not in what in, in the ways that we're used to. Uh, but nonetheless, um uh, that was not the only race we had on Saturday. We had the Xfinity race as well. Um, AJ Allmendinger finally gets a super speedway win. Uh, and when he got out of the car, he was he was asked about uh, after after winning, does he still hate super speedway racing? And his answer was yes, he still hates super speedway racing, <laughs> even after getting a win there. Um, so that was a interesting to actually have a have a race the first race of the weekend actually have a playoff driver lock themselves in to the next round uh aj almendinger solidifying himself a spot in the round of eight um not a whole lot it was a very calm xfinity race like all three races were pretty calm but that seemed to be the most uh there was not a lot of action that happened in the xfinity race it seemed like everybody just kind of Calm. Austin Hill, I thought he was going to like walk away with the win. There was a uh, Alex Hayden uh, and, and the MRN broadcast was being played over the speakers uh, in the grandstands. And uh, 
<clears throat> Alex Hayden was saying, you know, they, you know, they're going to wait till about five to go before they make their move um, on Austin Hill. And I, they were like, if somebody doesn't step out of, like, they're waiting on somebody else to step out of line. And I was like, yeah, but if they're all waiting for somebody to step out of line, then Austin Hill's just going to walk away with this win. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the problem with playing cat and mouse at Talladega, right? You know, it's just like the cup race. Like, you're going to ride in the back until the wreck happens. And then if it doesn't happen, you're, you know, you're the guy who gets caught or, or girl, whatever, that gets caught with their pants down, you yeah. know? And, like, sometimes that's just, uh, you know, there's a Texas, Texas Rangers had a manager named Ron Washington, and Logan may know this quote, too, being a fellow baseball fan, and he's like, so, that's just the way baseball go, you know? That's just the way racing is, right? Like, sometimes you're the genius because you play it safe and you're there at the end with only 10 cars left and you have the cleanest car and you can win. And other times, you know, you'll back it off and you finish 26th. Yeah. Yeah, that's how super speedway racing works. And and that was, you know, and that, that was something that if you're in that position as an Xfinity driver, you know, do you make that move to be the first one to step out of line? Because you could be riding fourth in line and you could step out of line and you have a whole group of cars go with you and you'd get pushed to the lead. But if there's a line of 15 drivers and you step out of line and nobody else goes with you, you fall back to 15th, and it's like, well, then I might as well just run around in fourth. Especially if you're a if you're a playoff driver who is thinking, you know, maybe I can't win the race, but at least I can get fourth place points. Like, I think there's a very small group of guys who can pull out in the, in that spot and um and make a push for the win. And, and the same thing can be said about the truck and cup series is when you're in that position, you know, you're in fourth and you're at three laps to go. There's a very, very small group of people who can afford to make that move. The guys who are fast enough and on good enough teams that some aren't, aren't there in the playoffs anymore, quite frankly, or did make the playoffs. And the, and that's the only group that is the group. If you're in the playoffs, if you're still racing for a championship, or if you're driving for a Rick Ware or a Live Fast or whatever, a team, an underfunded team, a vastly underfunded team, then you park yourself in line and take that paycheck, you know. But yeah. if you're talking, if we're, let's just go and say these things. Like if you're if you're Landon Castle, you pull out that line, you know. If you're Brandon Brown, who we talked about last week, you pull out of the line. If you're Ryan Vargas, you stay in line. If you're, um, I don't know. If you're Ty Gibbs, you stay in line. Yeah, that's my opinion. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Logan? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it, it honestly, especially this time of year with the playoffs and and and, and everybody who's not in playoffs all can decide as an organization has their eye on next year and what they can afford and what they can't and and so I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of probably pre race instruction. Look, if you get a shot, go for it. But hey, try not to wreck the car. Uh, we have to remember that that you know in the spring, it's kind of hey, you know, go big, go home, whatever. No risk it, no biscuit. But at, in the playoffs, I mean, there's a boatload of guys there that go, yeah, I could go try to get this win, but I might wind up finishing thirty if if we crash, or I can take my fifth, sixth place, tenth place, whatever, and I'll take my points day, and I'll see you next week. Um, so I think that factors in, and I do. I think that some of these underfunded teams 
are already looking at next year and 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 where we have to build and what's our you know what's our inventory like there's a lot of factors that go into this thing and and frankly i think justin hit the nail on the head there are for the first time in a long time legitimate safety concerns in the sport and and i think there was kind of an unspoken gentleman's agreement that hey to some extent we'll do all we can and and whether whether everyone said they were trying or not maybe in the subconscious it, it got to them because you know we go back to the baseball thing, Zach. Uh, sometimes that ninth inning guy might come in and say, I'm 100% confident, I feel good. But if you've blown the last two saves, it might be in your head even if you don't think it is. So so it becomes kind of a subconscious mental game. So I think there's a lot of different factors. Playoffs this time of year. I mean, let's again, if you're not in the playoffs right now, you're already looking at 2023 in terms of what's my inventory. We, we know we have Daytona on the schedule to start the year. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of varying factors. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to you know, I don't want to go too far into this, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in our debate segment uh, coming up. But I, I want to say, you know, especially for the Cup guys, where there's been you know real uh, you know safety concerns for sure uh, in the last last few weeks. You know, obviously there are guys like Corey LaJoy on race for the championship who was like you know i you know i've got my life insurance policies up to date you know i i know what i'm getting myself into um sure uh, but you know there's also guys you know in their minds that are like you know not only am i a race car driver but i'm a husband i'm a father i'm you know there are other concerns out there and you know yeah they know what they're getting themselves into but you know does that play in your mind, especially when you have a season like this where safety concerns have been an issue. Um, and, and it's like you said, Logan, they may say that it doesn't play, but there may be a subconscious factor there. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. We've got a few, uh, a few things we need to talk about. Uh, and again, we'll get back into that a little bit uh, in our debate segment later on. Uh, but before we get to the debate segment, let's get into some feel goods. Another another fine graphic here from from Miss Peyton Moore. Um, we got a few news stories we need to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, this came out earlier today uh, from Jordan Bianchi and the Athletic. Uh, AJ Allmendinger will be driving full time in the Cup Series once again. He is going to drive the 16 car for Colleague Racing. We've seen him get a win uh, with that team uh, in the in 2021 at the Indy road course, he was very close to getting them a win, uh, at the, uh, at Coda this past year. Um, so yeah. And, and he's run even when he, not just the road courses, anywhere he's run the 16 car, he's run pretty well, uh, this season. He's been running that on a part-time schedule, uh, this year. So he'll be in that full-time next year, uh, assuming with Justin Haley as his teammate in the 31, um, so Zach, I, I saw your, your reaction. Uh, let's get your thoughts. AJ Allmendinger is going full-time cup racing. What you think? This, this is awesome. Um, AJ Allmendinger, whenever you watch him, whenever you watch him race, he like is the most purest form of racer. Like every win means so much. Every race means seems to mean the world to him. And it's so much fun as, as like, 
a fan of the sport outside of my own drivers and stuff, and I really like AJ, um, it is fun to watch him race, and it is a pleasure um, to see him to see him wheel a wheel a stock car anywhere. Um, as someone who's gotten to see him do it at a road course, it's really really cool to watch him race on a road course. He he is such a such an energetic mag, like magnetic sort of guy for the sport. He is a wonderful readdition of the Cup Series, and I, I think this is a re- like legitimately speaking. I mean, it's it's unlikely. But I can paint the picture where, where he is a championship contender, you know? If he wins enough uh, road courses in the regular season and stuff, or or other tracks as well, you know, super speedways, short tracks, he's a very good short track racer, um, and gets himself through that first round, you know? The, obviously, we, we're in the middle of round two right now. That sets up with a, a, a trip to Talladega and a trip to the Charlotte Roval, and then, of course, a trip to Martinsville. And, and you never know, man. Um Colleague is all about trophy hunting, all about winning races. And when you make that comment and you make and you have that opinion and like that is your team motto per se, um, there's nobody I'd rather have behind the wheel of my car that's gonna have fun and put that car in victory lane than AJ Almendinger. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think uh Logan, I see you shaking your head there. You kind of agree with that. You have anything you want to add to that? No, I I think Zach covered it a thousand percent. I agree. I, I think that was that was good. AJ Allmendinger, he's uh, you know, I and I, I agree with you. I think uh, in, in a certain world, I think there is a legitimate path for him to make the championship for you know, colleague. Uh, a few weeks back was in the conversation for potentially picking up Kyle Busch. I know that you know those talks obviously fell through with Kyle Busch's uh, you know, his RCR deal. Um, but you know, I think. AJ Allmendinger is a good, good driver to come in as that veteran driver, uh, somebody who's been around the sport for for a while now. Uh, obviously, he he ran Cup Series for a few seasons. Then now he's moved down to Xfinity Series, and and now he's going back to Cup. I think it's going to be good not just for um, AJ Allmendinger, but I think it's going to be good for Colleague Grayson. I think it's going to be good for Justin Haley, just to have AJ there you know, constantly as a, as that veteran influence on him, we've seen Justin Haley have a couple of surprisingly good runs, uh, you know, in, including uh, Texas, he ran pretty well. Uh, you know, we, we saw him have a, a third place finish at Richmond uh, earlier this year. So, you know, I, I think having, AJ there for Justin Haley will help give him the extra boost he needs to potentially go in and race for cup wins. Zach, you look like you had a comment for that as well. I mean, I, I just think this is a really good move for the whole sport. Um, in an era where we're talking about needing more personalities, AJ is a personality. Uh, AJ, AJ is just really, like I said, really lively person. Like I don't know people. I can't, I can't find people who root against AJ Allmendinger. I really can't. Um, I mean, I'm sure someone does. Don't get me wrong. Somebody does, I'm sure. But they're hard to find. And I think in a sport where everybody roots for their own drivers and most of us see the sport through their driver's lenses, myself included, um, AJ is one who doesn't get crossed up in a lot of people's you know, problems, I guess you could say. And therefore, between his lack of rivalry with other prominent drivers and when he wins it's fun and it like 
it's like the most harmless thing, man. And and it's just yeah, he's just really great for this. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I am just so excited for him, and I am so excited for all of us next year. You know, and this car seems to be suited to someone who has road racing background with IMSA and multiple different cars and stuff. So this is really, really plays well for him. I feel like. Yeah. I think it, it adds a aspect too of it. It's really cool for us to see as fans because we don't see this very often. Typically when a driver leaves the cup series, they don't come back unless it's, you know, maybe a one-off or, you know, race here and there. But AJ Allmendinger was a full-time cup driver you know, he went, you know, there was actually a year or two where he didn't race at all full time. He was part time Xfinity. Yeah. And then he, he went and drove uh, for colleague full time. And and then after running a part time schedule with them in the in Xfinity and now he's run full time Xfinity for a couple of seasons and part time cup. And now he's going back to full time cup racing. So, you know, it, it's just something you don't typically see. And, and I, I think it's really cool to to have that. Well, yeah. we, we, one thing I think we have to mention before we move on is we know that that for him, a lot of that is factored in on on family and his family dynamic. And, you know, let's be honest, family dynamic changes. Kids get older and less dependent. And maybe, it, you know, what fits a few years ago versus what fits now can entirely change depending on where you're at with your family life. Absolutely. Um so really cool to have him get that opportunity. I think it's, like Zach said, I, th- I think it's just great for everybody involved. It's great for us as fans. It's great for the sport. It's great for colleague. And uh, and hopefully it'll be great for AJ Allmendinger as well. Hopefully he can find some more cup success. Um, so um, it completely uh, dawned on me that before we started this segment, we completely uh, went over, <laughs> we completely overlooked the cup race. Uh, in our race review segment with uh, with Chase Elliott getting the win, but we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, in our scuffed up segment. Uh, we'll go we'll go over the the Cup race there. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. Um, speaking of Cup, uh, last weekend uh, or last uh, at Texas, uh, there were some incidents that happened, and uh, they there were some penalties for it. One of which we talked about on our scuffed up segment last week. Uh, the William Byron Denny Hamlin incident. Uh, we talked about penalties, and and Zach, you and I kind of both agreed that you know any penalty that we thought should have happened should have happened during the race. Uh, but NASCAR decided to penalize uh, William Byron twenty five uh, points, uh, driver and owner points, as well as a fine uh, for that uh, fifty thousand dollar fine um, for the Denny Hamlin incident. Uh, so they did end up finding a way to penalize uh, him after the fact. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports has announced that they will appeal that penalty uh, to see if, you know, I, I don't know if at, at this point, I think the my personal feelings is I think the penalty is fair. And, and I think that, you know, they should just go with it. But, you know, HMS, obviously for them, it puts another driver out of, you know, another driver potentially out of the playoffs, depending on how the Rebel goes. Um, Ty Gibbs was also penalized uh, for an incident with Ty Dillon on pit road. Uh, 
Ty Dillon came up, got into Ty Gibbs, and Ty Gibbs retaliated on pit road, nearly sending Ty Dillon into Chris Butcher's crew members. Uh, so, you know, relatively, I would say that, that you know, that was a fair penalty as well. Um, so that those were some penalties coming out. Uh, one thing we have to talk about uh, coming out of last week, uh, you got, if you watch Talladega, you already know this. Alex Bowman is currently out. Uh, he was out at Talladega. Uh, not sure if he's going to be out any longer, but he was experiencing concussion-like symptoms, and therefore uh, he was not cleared to compete. Uh, he has been granted a waiver if he can come back and compete at the Roval this weekend. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, we talked about the safety concerns, and we've talked about it a lot over our, these weeks, but, you know, going into Talladega, that was kind of refreshed uh, in everyone's minds uh, with the Alex Bowman news. Um, so uh, uh, we are, are, we wish Alex Bowman a speedy recovery. Uh, hopefully uh, there's been no announcement for sure, but hopefully, uh, you know, by the grace of God, hopefully he can come back and compete at the Roble and at least have a shot to make the round of eight. Um, you know, um, speaking of, uh, of scary incidents, uh, you guys saw in the truck race at Talladega, Jordan Anderson, uh, was airlifted to UAB during the truck race after a scary incident in stage one, uh, which could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I don't want to, you know, underplay what happened because it was very serious, but I, I do want to appreciate how serious it could have been um, because uh, his, his truck just like burst into flames and I was able to get a, uh, a relatively decent picture of it, which uh, you know, I'll be trying to post a little bit later uh, on the website, but you know, that was a scary incident and, and Logan, I'll, I'll let you, uh, you give your comments on it, and then Zach, I'll go to you about it. But what was that like at home watching watching that incident unfold? Uh, terrifying, in a word, absolutely terrifying. Um, I want to do want to give credit to the AMR safety crew who was, I mean, right there, uh, and 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 probably made a positive difference in terms of the outcome because I know that that he has some some relatively serious burns, but it could have been. Um, so much worse. And so uh, my hat's off to NASCAR safety crew. We got to stop these big fires somehow. And, and that, that is really, it feels like it's, it's a problem throughout all three major series, let alone just the, the cup series. And so, uh, you know, to me, uh, we got to find a way to, to, because I mean, it was terrifying to see he got out of the truck while it was still moving because he could not see or breathe or anything like that. And then to see him get out and the truck take a hit at the same time, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, you know, I know we're having a lot of, lot of issues with safety, but we do need to acknowledge that it's a walking miracle that, that this, this these vehicles are still safe enough that he walks away from that relatively okay. Um, so yeah, it was terrifying and, and, and prayers up to him um, really put a damper on, on the, on the truck race, you could, uh, you, I don't know what it felt like in the audience, Justin, but the difference in, in, you know, in tone on the broadcast was palpable. 
Well, I, I will say just uh, before I go to you, Zach, I will say that, you know, very few times when you're at a Talladega race, um, you know, there's only one time throughout the race that you can almost guarantee that the entire track will fall silent. And that's during the invocation. Um, but when I say the entire track fell almost deathly silent uh, with Jordan Anderson's truck, I mean, it did. It was like a whole, it was like a lull over the crowd. So it, it was an eerie feeling um, because nobody knew quite what to, what to feel. But uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on, on that incident? Um, I thought Logan, Logan summed it up very nicely. And like, I, I share a lot of those feelings, of course, you know, Jordan Anderson, like the driver aside from who he is, is like a very, very, he's one of those lovable truck series underdogs, um, from his humble beginnings, you know, piecing together sponsorship from us, the fans, he's, he's really been a driver who seems to stand for the fans and the fans love him for it. I love him for it. Um, and, and, you know, he's been robbed a couple of times at Daytona with close finishes. So, you know, it's really heartbreaking to see him. It seems like he's kind of professionally taken some steps to get away from the driver's seat quite as much and really focus on his running his team, especially the Xfinity program with Myatt Snyder. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to see. And, and you know, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, I really don't know what would happen if I, as a fan, like I, I wasn't watching when, when Dale passed away. Um, so I have not seen anyone lose their life in an, in a NASCAR race, you know, and I don't know what would happen to me if I did see it. Right. Like, I don't know what would happen if I was watching a race, you know, I go back to the Newman incident from 2020 or this incident. What happens if, if something worse happens, you know, like, can I come back the next week and watch, you know, like, and I know that's a very selfish thing to think about, but like, you know, there's a whole generation of us fans that grew up without ever, without ever seeing it live or really watching a race, you know, and, and having that happen. And, and it is something to think about too. When we talk about the safety of the cars and that, you know, things are scary. Things seem to be on the rise with the safety issues, but at the end of the day, you know, like the fact that, that he was able to get out and, you know, seemingly his life is not going to be like drastically altered or ruined or anything, of course, because of this, um, is, is quite the blessing. And hopefully, you know, it seems like he, he could possibly be back in a truck by the time the season ends and definitely next year. Um, so yeah, just a really, really scary, like really introspective sort of moment. I think a lot of fans have. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it's just a, a scary incident all around. Uh, and again, we're, you know, we're thinking about Jordan Anderson. Hopefully he can get back on track uh, pretty soon. I, I did hear that hopefully uh, he should be uh, maybe not completely healed, but on, on a, in a much better position uh, in a few weeks from now, uh, the truck series next race is at Homestead. Uh, in a few weeks, so not sure if he'll be there for that. But you know, he said that he would keep everybody updated on his uh, on on his uh, state. Speaking of Homestead, 
no damage was reported from Daytona or Homestead uh, following Hurricane Ian, nothing major at least. Uh, there was some flooding, uh, certainly at Daytona. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures on social media of that, but there was uh, some, some major flooding at Daytona. But it's good to hear that there was no major damage to either of those tracks. Um, natural disasters are something that nobody can you know very few can predict and and nobody can stop so you know we're we're thankful for those uh that a, a relatively good report from both tracks especially homestead where we're you know going to in in just a few short weeks um so with that said let's get uh we're going to get ready for our debate segment uh but before we do that i want to go ahead and uh go over a quick cup race review uh chase elliott got his fifth win of the season at uh, Talladega. And uh, he becomes the first driver to in, to lock himself into the round of eight, which was good for him because, I mean, honestly, coming into the race, he wasn't looking too hot on that cut line uh, after a rough race in Texas. Um, I will say, uh, you know, talking about my experience at the track, uh, the, the roar uh, that – occurred when Chase Elliott crossed the finish line first as you know, I'm not a Chase Elliott fan, but it was pretty cool just to be there for that. Uh, and I was in victory lane uh, when Chase Elliott came in and that was a cool experience as well. So sure. Sounds uh, like you are a Chase fan. Hey, you know, when you get to see something like that in person for the first time, it, you know, it could have been Cody Ware who won that race. It still would have been a cool experience in victory lane. I was just, it been a much was, cooler experience than Cody Ware won. <laughs> I got to, uh, you know, I have a little bit of bias towards that because that was the first time I've ever had a, a victory lane experience like that. So it was cool. But I, I give you a hard time, but but uh, we we as a collective community here at Running on Scuffs, both uh, on the show, off the show, on the team, off the team, um, we know how I feel about Chase Elliott. <laughs> That's very so, true. Um, I, I might feel quite differently than most people about this race. But, uh, you know, cheers to Chase. Yep. I mean, he's the only guy that I saw that had the stones to do anything other than ride around. So if he's yep. the only one that shows up to race, then, of course, he's going to win. <laughs> well, nonetheless, uh, speaking of Talladega, we're going to talk about it. It was a playoff race, but should it be a playoff race? Uh, is that the best way to crown a true champion of the sport? We're going to talk about that in our debate segment because, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get scuffed up. All right, and, and I kind of foreshadowed to it here. This is our debate for the night, and, and you guys know we're going we're gonna to go with it, and we're going to uh, – I'm going to end up picking a winner. I'm going to go off screen after I, after I give it to you guys. Um, Talladega has been a playoff race ever since the uh, elimination style playoffs have been uh, around. Even before then, even in the chase style uh, format, Talladega has been a playoff race. The question that I want to give to you guys is, should Talladega be a playoff race? Should Talladega, it's very wild. Anything can happen. A lot of times it comes down to what many consider to be luck right place, right time, avoid the wrecks. Is that the truest way to crown a real champion of the sport, especially 
here in the playoff era. Logan, we're going to start with you first. I'm going to take myself off the screen, and I'll be back to pick a winner of your debate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a it's a great thing to have Talladega as a playoff race. It it gives those it gives those guys that maybe aren't as great at the the cookie cutter mile and a half a chance. Um, look, the reality is this system is built for game seven moments. Talladega, Daytona, they give you game seven moments where you didn't see that person either getting into the playoffs or advancing. Now sometimes that doesn't hold true. Like Chase Elliott winning, you, you know, there's an argument you made he may have advanced anyway. But, again, he was on that cut line, had to do what he had to do. No, I think it's great to have Talladega as a playoff race. We should throw a couple, uh, you know, quote-unquote monkey wrenches. Um, look at it this way. Sometimes a better team, we know they're a better team, but they go on the road and they don't win the game, even though we know they're a better team. They went on the road, they lost the game, and sometimes that happens. So, yeah, quote-unquote. The better car may not win, but uh, it's just as legitimate part of the sport as any other race is. Uh, look, Talladega and Daytona are a huge part of this sport's history, and I think anytime you have them in valuable races, that's only a good thing for the sport. People like watching super speedway racing. People like the the uncertainty, the unpredictability to know that everybody truly has a chance. And you know, where else where else do you get that? Where where else do you get that? Where where else can the you know, in any other sport we watch we watch college football right now boatloads, these people that have minus twenty five lines and things like that and don't have a quote unquote legitimate chance. Talladega provides that chance, and so people that that wouldn't necessarily get their chance to go to the round of eight. That's cool, and it is legitimate because. That's the way the system is. We can sit here and say, well, that's not legitimate. Or this is like, it, it is because that's the system. We can play woulda, shoulda, coulda. We can, you know, but, you know, Joey Logano is a champion. Brad Kay is a champion. Uh, that We can sit here and uh, Chase Elliott is a champion, even though 2020 has the most unique, odd schedule of all time. So the, this idea that it shouldn't be is just silly. You like the what's going to happen there aspect because what are we going to do? Put them on the bunch of mile and a half where we have an idea of how it's going to go. I mean, what's the reality is NASCAR is for entertainment, right? That's that's the best way to go about it. So yeah, I think absolutely Talladega should, if for no other reason than the prestige of the track and how important it is to the sport. Talladega on name alone has earned the right to be a playoff race. Absolutely. Oh, Logan. What a sweet, simple mind. I I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, and, and it's not so much about, like, the luck factor, but doesn't NASCAR have the 100% rule where drivers are required to give 100% at all times? And I would argue that... With the way that these guys race and the fact that, you know, a good majority of the veterans in the field, uh, my driver is certainly guilty of it, um, just right around in the back. How is that 100%? How can you legitimately crown a champion and, and put this race that deep into, the, into that process of being, yeah, uh, of crowning a champion when, when half the drivers are, are not able to go uh, or not willing to go 100%? 
because of all the wrecking and, and the dangers of it, you know? Um, and on top of that, you're, you're right. Talladega is a very, very special place. But there are plenty of special racetracks that are not represented in the playoffs. Daytona is not represented in the playoffs. Indianapolis is not represented in the playoffs. Um, and, 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 and I would argue that those two are, are at least Daytona, is just as special, if, if not more special, than Talladega. You know, uh, just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like NASCAR hit the nail on the head in the schedule with the Daytona regular season finale. So I asked myself, Zach, that's really like two playoff races, isn't it? For however many drivers that may be eligible to make the playoffs and win on their way in, and also guys that are possibly, you know, not not making the playoffs because somebody else wins, that's a playoff race. The Daytona regular season finale is absolutely a playoff race, in my opinion, and that says it's a go-or-go-home race. And on top of that, do we need more? Do we really need more down this final stretch? Do we need randomness when it comes to crowning a champion? I feel like the format is random enough that we don't need a race to Talladega. I feel like a, a trip to Talladega would play much better with this whole randomness in the regular season, right? Look, and your argument is that anybody can win. And anybody can use it to advance to the round of eight, but there are only 12 drivers eligible to advance to the round of eight. There's at least 30 guys eligible to make the playoffs. Um, you know, I mean, if you ask me as a fan, and let's just use a guy who's been pretty decent at super speedways, but has never won before, Corey LaJoy. His win hits different if it gets him playoff eligible than if he just wins the playoff race at Talladega, in my opinion. It hits a little bit different than it does now. And I'll also refute you on this cookie-cutter mile and a half. This has been the wildest, craziest playoffs we've seen to start. We had three consecutive, not even playoff drivers at all win, and then a fourth one who had been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and this weekend, quite frankly, I think consequence, a consequence of those past four races is this weekend brought a very normal, mundane winner in Chase Elliott. Um, so I would argue that these cookie-cutter mile-and-a-halfs you keep talking about bring just as much opportunity for entertainment and drama as Talladega does, Logan. Well, uh, my only rebuttal to that would be this, is that uh, when you we don't talk about the weather affecting a, a playoff game, and that's, that's kind of what tracks are. They're different types of weather. We don't say, well, that's not a legitimate win because – you know, New England or Tampa Bay got beaten a snowstorm. And and as far as you're right, we have seen more entertainment and variety with mile and a half. But let's call a spade a spade, my friend. At the end of the day, the only way Eric Jones won, and I'm thankful to God he did, but it took an extremely rare, crazy set of circumstances that would make even the biggest non-believer question if it was divine intervention. So that's what I'm saying. Yes, you're right. Is it possible? Certainly it is. It's it's possible. It's feasible. But it takes extremely rare set of circumstances where with Daytona and Talladega, uh, you don't have that. Again, I think it would be like playing in a rough road game or playing in a snowstorm. We we don't fault those winners. We don't we don't question that outcome. Uh, so that's how I kind of look at it. I know we're running short on time. I'll let you finish up here. But yeah, that's how I look at it. Um, I, like I said, I understand your points, Logan. 
uh, and and it is game seven moments. I mean, you made that in your first point, and and, and having a race like Talladega does produce game seven moments, of course, you know. But sometimes the series changes in game four, buddy. You know, I'm, I'm talking about the, the the Cavaliers championship. The three, you know, the Warriors blew the three one lead. That series changed in game five. It didn't change in game seven. Game seven happened because of game five. Sometimes we have to remember if we're talking about a seven a game seven moment, we got to play games one, two, three, four, five, and six. And, and this is to say that sometimes Talladega is game five or game four. And that has a ton of value, you know, because it gets you one more night. It gets you one more chance, you know. And, and maybe, maybe you know, you don't get that shock win to get to the round of eight. But maybe winning at Talladega, if you put were to put a different track in there, that round of eight, 12 sets up phenomenally for, um, think of, I mean, think about A.J. Allmendinger next year. You know, if you were to say, AJ Allmendinger has a chance, you know, this round, round of 12 with, with the Roval. Look at Chase Briscoe and Austin Cindric. This round sets up really well here at the end. They position themselves through nice runs at Texas and surviving Talladega. And now we get to the Roval where they're tied for eighth above William Byron and Christopher Bell and, and Alex Bowman. There's game seven moments to be had everywhere across the schedule. And within the format, the format creates game seven moments, not the racetrack. But Talladega in its own glory, and, and you know, they don't name a movie after it unless it's not magnificent, right? Um, has a place to create special moments, not just in the playoffs, but I think anywhere on the schedule. And I, I rest my case. Well, we well, we got to see uh, what the boss thinks. We did our best for you. We even kept it civil. See that? Muted, muted, muted. You're muted. Are you, yeah, I, I literally muted my mic, and I was like, I, I got to remember to unmute it, and then lo and behold, if I don't forget it. But uh, no, you guys did keep it civil, and I appreciate that. Uh, you guys were. Uh, it was a very civil debate, and. Uh, Honestly, it's hard to pick a winner because I agree with both of your points. But I, the one thing I will say, um, I'm going to give the the win of this debate to Logan uh, because I, I do think that Talladega should be in the playoffs. And the reason that I'm going to state that, Logan, you kind of touched on, but I'm going to go a little bit more depth on it myself. Um, I think Talladega deserves a spot on the playoffs. Uh, in the playoffs because um, to crown a champion, we have to determine who is the best all-around driver. And you can uh, say that Talladega does not provide that, and I, I can understand that argument. Um, but maybe it's not about who wins Talladega. Maybe it's about who runs well at Talladega, who can run well enough. And, and, and honestly, I think the round of 12 uh, with Texas – Talladega and the Roval brings us the truest format of that, of who can run well enough to point their way into the next round because all three tracks are so diverse. We have a mile and a half, a super speedway, and a road course where we have these drivers who have to fight to point their way in. And, and honestly, 
I know I felt this way before. When you get to the round of eight, that really determines, in my opinion, who the true championship contenders are. Uh, and I think Talladega, just like the Roval, uh, and and even Texas, you know, to an extent. Uh, you know, I know I've I've said a lot of bad things about Texas, but I think that cookie cutter mile and a half, you know, needs to be there in the round of twelve. Um, because it gives in a three race span, it gives us a true test of, of what the schedule is like. So, you know, I, I do, I think Talladega should have a playoff spot and simply for the fact of we need at least one super speedway in the playoffs because we run on super speedways. Actually, if you want to count Atlanta, we run on more super speedway races now than, than we ever have, um, you know, so I think at least one of those deserves a spot in the playoffs. But I, I appreciate the debate. Uh, and very quickly, we're going to wrap up our show and we're going to get ready for the final race of the round of 12 at the Roval. And uh, so, Peyton, why don't you hit us with a, with a race preview here? That's right. We've got the Charlotte Roval and... Uh, if there ever was a, a place that you could that could even hold a candle to the chaos that is Talladega, I know this year Talladega wasn't all that chaotic, but uh, the Roval, the Roval has proven to show us some chaos from the very first time we had it, uh, from the from the Ryan Blaney win in the first first incident to the Chase Elliott. Uh, nosedive into the heartburn turn to come back and win it uh, to the Kevin Harvick versus Chase Elliott saga. We've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen at the Roval since its inception. And uh, I want, I, I want you guys in, in your best guesses to give me your picks and we're going to do this rapid fire. We're going to do cup and Xfinity uh, and we're going to go playoff drivers only. Uh, just to get your get your opinions here. Logan, since you won the debate, I'll start with you. Cup and Xfinity, who do you think is walking away with the checkered flags? I think Xfinity, don't overthink it. It's, it's, uh, it is his bread and butter if there ever was one. Yeah, let's go AJ Allmendinger getting it done. Uh, and then I'll go for the cup race. Look, this, this, this episode is in honor of Gim, so it's kind of an honor in Peyton, and he's pretty good at the role when he's already won one anyway. You alluded to it. Look, I think Ryan Blaney's going to get it done. I got a, I got a hunch. I got a feeling. I think there's some, going to be some, some gim voodoo and vibes that help it out. I think Ryan Blaney's going to get it done at the Roval, and there's going to be a lot of heartburn and heartaches for a lot of drivers. Well, we know for a fact that four are going to walk away uh, below the cut line and without a chance to win championship. But Zach, what do you say? Do you have uh, who you have winning Xfinity and Cup uh, for the Xfinity race? I'm going a bit out of left field here. Um, I'm going to go with – okay, sorry. Screw it. We'll go Noah Graxon. It's not that far out of left field, but I feel like he's not a traditionally great road course racer. But he is still the hottest driver in the series, and he's done very, very well at the Roval. He's been up front quite a bit there, even the monsoon race of 2020. Um, and in the Cup Series – this one, this one's hard, but I, I'm going to go a little bit deep. I actually, I'm going to go a bit shocking here. I am going with someone who won a road course race this year. I think the best team on road courses this year is Team Trackhouse, but it's not the Watermelon Man. It's me, amigo, 
Daniel Suarez wins and advances to the round of eight. That's a that's a good pick. I'm going to go with uh, – I'll, I'll start with the Xfinity Series. I'm going to go with uh, Austin Hill. I think he's run well at road courses, but he hasn't gotten the road course win. I think this time Austin Hill finally shows that he can win somewhere besides the Super Speedway. I think Austin Hill is going to pick up the Xfinity Series win and for the Cup Series. I'm going to stick with you, Zach, but I'm not going. I'm not going Mi Amigo. I'm going with the Watermelon Man. I think Trackhouse does get the win at Ro- at the Roval, but it's Ross Chastain who gets it done. Uh, and with that said, we are uh, we are going to close out our show. We're going to go ahead and bring in our producer Peyton uh, if she's available, and uh, we're going to. Uh, to close out our show with some uh, final final statements, Peyton, we'll start with you. What are your final statements here? I just hope that Jim is watching over me and Logan, and he finds his own way to make his presence known. Maybe, maybe that means Ryan Blaney wins. Hey, you know, you do whatever you can to get your driver to victory lane, and I'm telling you, you're you're gonna learn that more and more, Peyton. You're gonna learn. We're gonna get you. You're gonna start doing things you never thought you'd do just to get your driver to victory lane. Logan, what say you, buddy? Well, this has been uh, an interesting episode of Run on Scuffs. In some ways, our most somber episode, but I still had a blast, and I, and I enjoyed the very uh, civil debate. And I look forward to uh, throwing up more middle fingers when I'm more more uh, in tune spiritually next week. Uh, but thank you again, Justin and Zach, for giving us a platform to to pay tribute to Gim and 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 talk about him freely and and. Uh, let us, you know, let us uh, be all caught up in the fields, as the young kids say. It's always a pleasure to do this show, and I look forward to the Roval and and hopefully some some great and somewhat chaotic racing. I, my my favorite Roval memory quickly is is Ryan Newman moving moving everybody he possibly could at the Roval a few years ago. Boy, he was doing all he could. <laughs> I mean, if you don't love that, something's wrong with you. So thank you so much. I love this show. Peter, I love you. We will find a way to get through this. And I got a feeling, I got a feeling that big-eared dog might help your, uh, your quote-unquote bay uh, this Sunday at the Roval. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I know. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, everybody here, uh, I know all of our team and most of the people watching. We all have a have a animal, a pet that is close to our hearts. It is, uh, you know. So, you know, it has been a more somber episode of Running on Scuffs, but sometimes certain circumstances warrant that. And uh, you know, I'm again just glad that you guys were able to to be here for the show, and we appreciate everything you guys have done for Running on Scuffs. Zach, why don't you uh, close us out with your uh, signature sign-off and some closing comments from you? Yeah, um, soak it up and enjoy the Roval this weekend, everybody. It's either going to be the absolute most fire-lighting, hell-raising weekend in Charlotte that we'll have Logan and I at each other's throats. Because the only way NASCAR works in its truest, most dramatic form is if Logan and I get pinned against each other. Or... It'll be a nice afternoon nap because it'll be, um, as we've seen this, these playoffs, the 
predictable has become unpredictable, and the unpredictable has become predictable. But either way, we're one step closer to the Denny Hamlin 2022 championship, which is what we're all here for deep down in our hearts and in our souls. We're all here to crown the king, his, get the king his crown. And, um, of course, thanks to my parents for supporting my NASCAR addiction and the time and the dedication it takes on everybody over here at the, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever. I need to name my place, but that place, the Texas takeover, I guess is what we'll call it or something. <laughs> yeah, we we appreciate it. Before we close, I want to give uh, just a, a quick announcement. Uh, Jordan Anderson did a uh, post on social media about an hour ago, uh, thanking everybody for the text calls and prayers uh, that he had to go to the ER last night for some side effects. So he is heading to the Wake Forest Burn Center tomorrow, uh, getting better by the day. And, uh, and a shout out to Dale Jr. for letting uh, Kendall and his family use their plane to get home Saturday night. Um, it made the trip home a lot easier. So uh, just wanted to read that statement from Jordan Anderson. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Uh, Zach, I wanted to piggyback off of you. Um, you know, you commonly do the the signature sign off, and, and that is your thing where you thank your parents, and, and I appreciate it. But I want to give a shout out to my parents uh, without them. Uh, this weekend at Talladega where, you know, we were able to, to get things, you know, get some great coverage for running on scuffs would not have happened without them. So I appreciate them for that. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in and watching. And I appreciate you guys on this team for, for helping make everything happen. So we will see you guys next week on running on scuffs. Be sure to like and subscribe for more common, uh, for more episodes like this, comment down below your thoughts and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.